We live inside a dream. That podcast you like is coming back in style. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Stan and Dave Need Wedding Dates with your two favorite geeks who like Twin Peaks. My name is Eric Keppel. And my name is Special Agent Jeremy Schmidt. Back on the job. Yeah. Hot from... Hot off the uh, uh, press. That doesn't work. Well, I, I'm uh, back from dishonorable discharge for farting too bad during a case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to be like really incompetent to get discharged from uh, the Twin Peaks Sheriff Department. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to be pretty incompetent to be discharged from the police in general. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Twin Peaks, I mean, they're, they're just a bunch of goof em ups. So to get discharged from that, you must have been. I mean, like, they, they still employ Andy, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. And he's, we'll see, he's, uh, you know. Smarter than ever. <laughs> yeah. <He laughs> 25 yeah. years later. He didn't get a line in these first two episodes yet. Uh, I can't wait to just hear him talk, though. Oh, he didn't. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I. You know what? I got I got to admit, I, I watched ahead a little bit. Oh, no worries. Um, no, I, he's in episode two. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But, but he okay, doesn't good. say anything. I didn't. He didn't have a line yet. I knew he was in there. I knew he was in there uh, pretty early. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we got we have so much to talk about. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we are a Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch podcast. Uh, and we just covered all of, the, all of their films and the original run of Twin Peaks. So you can go back and listen to those. Uh, a lot of fun convos in there. It's been a good time. Uh, and with the original run, we were both watching Twin Peaks for the first time. But for uh, Fire Walk With Me and The Return, Jeremy, it, this is Jeremy's first time witnessing both of these things. Yeah. So, so. We'd, are, we'd previously both, I mean, you're a huge Twin Peaks fanatic. I had seen the whole show minus The Return back in like 2012 or something, like like before The Return was even uh, a whisper on an echo in the shadow of a wind. <laughs> but I, you know, we, we revisited it and had a good time doing it. But Fire Walk With Me and the, the Return are two things that I have never seen before. So this is exciting for me. Eric, is it exciting for you? Oh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm having a great time already. Um, you know, I've been dying to get back into this because I, you know, I got this box set. I'm watching the special features. I'm watching... I'm watching the episodes, you know. How are you watching these, by the way, Jeremy? You doing, like, the Showtime? Yes. On Hulu, there's a Showtime, like, add-on. And I think I had used... I'd already previously started the free trial, like, uh, for another... Either some episode of this show or another show, I had watched something. And so it was already loaded up when I got on there. It was... was, I'll tell you this, Eric. It was pretty nice to go to Hulu and just load this thing sucker right up. 
you know like hell yeah just go right to it and then there it was and playing like i didn't have to do anything or put in uh an activation code or sign up with my email address it was just good to go beautiful beautiful yeah i remember when this first aired i signed on i signed on to showtime i did the free trial and then i just kept doing it until because this i mean this is an 18 part series that Mm. was airing weekly Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it went on for forever basically that's like Um, what half a year of twin peaks right yeah yeah it was it was great there were there were two weeks i believe where they dropped two episodes at once like the first two episodes uh the ones we're talking about today they actually released those first two at the same time so everyone watched those the first night and uh on my on my little blu-ray they actually have a um, sort of a combined version of both of the two where it's it's the two episodes where they just kind of seamlessly go together. Like there's no end credits or anything. Oh, nice. Um, which was interesting to watch because I could not figure out where the hell episode one ended and episode two began. Did episode uh, one... Okay, so the credits for episode one is uh, the, the giant who's watching like a, a like a gramophone in black and white and so like the yeah, credits that's the beginning of episode one no that's the that is the credits of episode one also oh like, okay. like the, the oh yeah, yeah okay. the credits roll over that so there's so they cut that out of episode yeah one. yeah okay. yes they must have cut that out that's why i'm confused because gotcha. I, I probably didn't see that Gotcha. Um, and then episode two ends with the chromatics right playing over yes. credits yeah yes Yes. We, we should talk and quickly, briefly, before we get into it too far about the Patreon and what's going on there, because it's July 1st. It's a, the start of a new month, my my dear boy. Yeah, new month, uh, new month for our Patreon, Yes. <laughs> well, uh. it's back to regular pricing, no? Yeah, we're back back to regular pricing, but you know what? We're, we got so much good stuff going on over there. $5 a month. Uh, for weekly bonus episodes, we're talking Tales from the Crypt episodes, we're do- talking about Hollywood conspiracy theories, we're taking movie requests, uh, all sorts of stuff over at patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We are also uh, taking requests and input from the fans, from the listeners of what you want us to cover after we do the return, since we did all of Lynch and Kubrick. Uh, you know, Jeremy, I just want to bring this up because our buddy Michael Hearn, did you see this? His, his uh, suggestion? No, what? Oh, my God. This, is this. I mean, this is great. I don't know. So he suggested that we cover uh, three directors at once, and this is what he suggested. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, on, he said, do a on, three-way. Was this on Twitter? The, <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. Okay. He said, do a three-way of the Andersons, Paul Thomas Anderson, Wes Anderson, and Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> i kind of love that dude let's call it the magnificent andersons <laughs> that's great like like you know like was that that famous orson wells movie that never we never got the actual director's cut of called the magnificent ambersons oh okay it's like a I, reference I to film history that, my i love that my man if that, if that makes us seem smart i'm all for it <laughs> the magnificent andersons that's great yeah yeah, I, we got another request to do two uh, directors at once as well. Um, and we also got another one or two requests for Paul Thomas Anderson. So, uh, but we're, we're, we still got a couple months to go. So, you know, tweet at us at Chuck Your Rules 420. Let us know 
what you want us to do. I got to say, that's going to be a tough recommendation to beat because we already wanted to do Paul Thomas Anderson. And then you throw in Paul W.S. Anderson in there. And then that's like, (laughs) that makes for one hell of a ride. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and Wes Anderson. Well, and then, of course, Wes Anderson. would have ended up doing at some point anyway. Yeah, I think think that would be, I think that would be, that's going to be tough to beat. I'd I'd be interested to challenge, uh, you know, our followers out there to come up with a better twofer than that. If you can, if you can find four directors that have the same (laughs) last name. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, Okay. So Jeremy, uh, now we got, we got all this stuff out of the way, tons of stuff to talk about. I want to know like right off the bat, what were your expectations? What were you expecting from these first two episodes? And uh, how were your expectations met? Okay, so I want to start out by saying quick confession, although I do believe I have mentioned it on the show before. There was a time back, it must have been in 2017 when the show was airing originally, The Return. I was planning on watching it. I I torrented the pilot, like the first episode. I actually did watch the first episode. Um, I maybe didn't finish the first episode, but I definitely watched some of it. And I think mm. I, I think I mentioned that on the show before, but I'll tell you this. Even though it's only been a mere three years, I remembered almost nothing about it except for like little little blips. Like like when Cooper arrives in you know, in the woods for that the very first time you see him, I remembered that sequence vaguely. Like almost like a dream. Uh, so my expectations though, being that it's been a few years and I had forgot, I was excited because so many people like you, Michael Hearn, um, people I really trust recommended the show as being something special, something kind of spectacular. But because of the tone of original Twin Peaks, I was sort of just kind of expecting we're going to get some more of that with maybe some new goofy shit. And it's going to be, it's going to like have updated visuals and everyone's going to look older. I was not prepared for watching these two episodes back to back. (laughs) I was not prepared for a couple of things. One, this show looks, this, this is the best looking David Lynch thing he's ever made. Same uh, cine- cinematographer from Mulholland Drive, Peter Deming. Oh, that's, I mean... Who was also DP on Evil Dead 2. Long, that, oh, lots wow. of really good credits. I mean, it's cinematically, it is so tasty. It is like the, the, the colors, everything from the colors to the shot composition to the way the camera moves. It is one of the most alive shows I've seen in a long time. And it's, it, it just feels so cinematic. Um, whereas I don't think the, uh, the, the original show does. And I, that might just because of, be because of the aspect ratio, right? Like watching a show in four by three feels like television, but because we're now in 16 by nine widescreen, uh, you know, the, every, the depth of field, it feels like film. It feels, it, 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 it looks incredible. So that's the first thing I noticed. The second thing I noticed is this show takes the violence of the first show and says, like hold my beer you know what i mean it like <laughs> yeah it it scales up so dramatically not just the effects of the show which look great but the 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 horror of it is way more significant 
Like there are there are legitimately scary things happening in these first two episodes. Mm. Like that I thought were like not just like oh that's a scary thing to look at, but conceptually that's very scary and I'm going to be thinking about this for a while. My girlfriend who watched pretty much all of the, you know, first run of Twin Peaks with me um was sitting next to me watching these two episodes and just like Every every few scenes would just be like, oh my god, <laughs> you know that reaction yeah, of like, love that, holy crap, like, um, yeah. So, uh, and then of course the cameos we've already seen in these first two episodes. Eric, I think we should just get into it because it, it, it's yeah. I I have been blown. I've been pretty blown away, and I and it feels like it's not going to stop. But but before we do get into it though, I do want to hear from your point of view. What is it like to return to the return? Eh? Hey, I oh man, I love it. So I'm so I've seen the return before this three times because when it was airing, I watched every episode twice, and then afterwards, I watched it all again. And uh, I haven't seen it, you know, in two, maybe almost three years at this point. Uh, I guess two years, and I, I mean, I've just been dying to get into it since we watched fire walk with me and uh you know what i did jeremy is there uh, last october uh there were there was all this buzz on the forums the twin peaks forums and and reddit and stuff about this i think michael hearn might have brought this up this guy uh basically did this four and a half hour youtube explainer video about his theory about what twin peaks is about Mm -hmm. and i'm not quite done with it but i watched most of it and we'll t- we'll have to talk about this after we're done with the return. But he, uh, I don't agree with everything he says, but his overall thesis, I has completely changed the way I look at Twin Peaks. Oh wow! Uh, and I'm sort of watching it through a brand new light, and it's 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 pretty awesome. And I'm also, like I said, I'm watching these these special features where for each. Basically, each like major scene in each episode, you get to see at least like a couple minutes of David Lynch directing the scene, mm. uh, and just what's going on, you know. So you get to see like uh, fucking David Lynch talking, like telling Brett Gelman how to, you know, like <laughs> act and stuff. It's great. It's good. But uh, yeah, so I- I'm loving it. I'm I- I'm having the time of my life. Really excited to get into this. So. Uh, we begin with Cooper in the red room. Uh, Laura, seated on the other side of the room, salutes him and tells him, I'll see you again in 25 years. Meanwhile, uh, this is it from the uh, the original run. Uh, she, she accompanies her words with a hand gesture. Uh, images from the pilot are shown, including a girl running away and screaming and the portrait of Laura in the school's trophy case. Which, by the way, when you first see the portrait of Laura and the camera pushes in and then you just get that boom twin peaks. Like that's a cool moment. Oh yeah. That's a cool um, moment. Cause you haven't seen it in 25 years, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the new intro, by the way? The new intro. Same, same music, but we get, we get, we're like look, looking down at a waterfall oh, and is we're it, not seeing like the long credits at the beginning. Is it the same every episode? Cause we've only seen two and I, I, I hadn't noticed that. I didn't notice I it from the first and the second. I think it's a. I think it's the same. Oh, cool. But you know, you remember in the original run, they like it, it was longer, and they and they had like the whole cast. Right. Credits I mean, nothing will beginning. beat that. Nothing will beat that original intro. 
like that's that's a tough intro to beat. I don't I don't know about this one yet. I, let, get, ask me next episode. I'll tell you more what I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, twenty five years later, Cooper sits in another room across from the firemen, uh, who points at a photo photograph producing a a phonograph producing a scratching noise and tells him listen to the sounds. Uh, Who's the fight? The firemen. That's what they call. That's what they call the giant in this. I guess. Oh, that's what they're calling the giant. So, where are you reading from? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I'm on the Wikipedia. Okay, so I'm on the Twin Peaks fan dot fandom dot com wiki. <laughs> Maybe I should go off of that. No, you can Twin do use whatever source you want, buddy. I'm just I I but I I was reading along and it's almost identical, but except oh. for except for it says sits across from a man resembling the giant. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about. Okay, I th- I'll, I'll go off of this because this is probably uh, a little bit. This is probably better. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So the giant, we called him the giant uh, in the first. He was credited as the giant, I believe, in the original run. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the credits in this, his name is just three question marks. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't remember what that's all about, but well, I'm sure we'll figure. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, there might be a spoiler even in this wiki of a man resembling the giant. You know what I mean? Like as possibly. if, yeah, like like he's not the real giant. But I get, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, it is in our house now, is he says, and it cannot be said aloud now. He then tells Cooper to remember 430 and Richard and Linda, two birds with one stone. Uh, he tells Cooper that he is far away and Cooper disappears. Uh, okay, so now we're in, I guess, somewhere I'm assuming outside of Twin Peaks, uh, at Jacoby's. Uh, we see, we see, I guess, a guy named Joe delivering shovels to Jacoby. Any idea what this is about? No idea. I did notice it was Jacoby, and I was excited to see him. But I noticed no more, uh, no wacky Hawaiian getup. From, yeah, from old Jacoby. Yeah, he must be a bachelor now too. I mean, he's, yeah, he's like living out in a trailer. Remember, <laughs> he had like a wife in Hawaii. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the wife could be inside the house. Who knows? Yeah, I suppose. But uh, we we get it. It's very brief, but it's yeah. You're you're unloading boxes. And I gotta say, I mean, I pro- I'll probably be, I'll probably be talking about the look of the show a lot, <laughs> just because it, it did blow me away. But like this scene is just so incredible. Like, oh yeah, the the wide composition of like the you got the house, the log cabin, the truck pulling up, everything is kind of shot from a distance. The beautiful greenery. I mean, it just looked like killer. <laughs> oh yeah, the leaves are blowing. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I love uh, me some blowing leaves. Oh, yeah. Get some wind on those trees. Yeah. Uh, in New York City, uh, how did you feel about just jumping straight to New York City, by the way? Uh, this is one of those phantom New things. New York and yeah. Buckhorn, South Dakota and Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. I mean, it reminded me of Fire Walk With Me a little bit, how we jumped around oh, to different cities. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I was kind of getting those vibes. Philadelphia, where I, where I was like, yeah. oh, I, th- I guess David Lynch. It's kind of like the movie Fargo, like where he likes to, he likes to show you other places too to kind of compare it. Like 
Mm. Like when you're in Twin Peaks, it definitely has a vibe. And here's what the other vibes around the world also look like. But yeah, but this was one of those phantom moments from when I when I remember watching the pilot uh, or part one, um, originally where I was like, oh yeah, I remember we go into this weird room with this glass box, and there's yeah, and it's like yeah. yeah, and these people I've never seen before. Yes. So yeah, uh, that was so- that was weird. <laughs> Sam Colby watches a glass box with a camera pointed at it, uh, multiple cameras. Uh, he, he changes the SD card in one of the cameras, uh, and he sits back down until he is called out for a delivery from Tracy Barbarato, who brought him uh, coffee. She has to go back into the room with him, but the security guard uh, watching tells her she can't. Uh, when he puts in the code to re-enter the room, she tries to look over his shoulder. He catches her and... I believe he says, you're a bad girl, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, and then Tracy leaves and Sam goes back into the room with his coffee, sitting down and watching the glass box. All uh, right. Very weird. Horns. Very cool set, though. Oh, yeah. 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 I love it. It's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's wild. The security um, guard, by the way, the expression on his face, unchanging, very stoic. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 This conversation also reminded me of conversations that we would see in other Lynch stuff. Very stilted and awkward. Like two people clearly flirting, but doing it at such a slow pace. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, ben Horn and Beverly Page. We get we got Ashley Judd, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the first Judd. big cameo, unless you count yes. the guy who plays Sam Colby, who I, it's like I recognized him and... Um, the t- Tracy Barbarato, but I couldn't place my finger on where I'd seen them before. Oh, okay. But Ashley Judd, sure. I mean, I saw her in Along Came a Spider. <laughs> uh, so, uh, something about a refund to uh, Mrs. Houseman for two nights of her stay after a skunk was in a hotel, when in the hotel. Uh, Ben's brother, Jerry, loudly enters and Ben introduces them and dismisses Beverly. Jerry sits down and the brothers briefly talk. So Jerry's a, Jerry's a big weed head now. Yeah, and they're both uh, quite a bit older than we've seen them before. And uh, their rapport is, is similar, but yet much slower. And it's one of those things where you kind of hate to see it, you know, uh, just that they're <laughs> older now. You know, those two guys are pushing probably 70. You know, they're in their 60s and 70s. And they're they're just old <laughs> like yeah and uh so so jerry's not quite as you know I can't, I I can't see the actor uh who plays jerry david patrick kelly doing the worm again you know that might no. be out of the question yeah. at this point <laughs> yeah. that would be great though if yeah he, if he got down there and yeah. did the worm uh yeah and you know one of the things i love about this is like it had like if this happened even a little bit later, like we wouldn't have gotten Catherine Coulson and uh, I don't want to say anyone. I, I don't remember who's in these first two episodes, but I know we see you saw the log lady, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she, she, I remember she passed away like I think before the return even started airing. Yeah, you know, there, I, it, I was bummed to, because in the original run, I wasn't looking up 
the actors as much as I was in this, where I was trying to figure out, well, who is actually alive still and who's not. And it was bumming me out to find out that like so many people had passed away and maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but um, yeah. two, two big notable ones that I, I didn't remember was uh, the actor who played Bob died of AIDS uh, back in 1995, mm. <laughs> uh, wow. which is a bummer. And, and, and then of course my favorite character, possibly one of my favorite characters is, uh, uh, cur- uh, the Colonel Bobby's dad, who is also dead now, um, or died in two thousand eight. Yes. So and uh, Miguel Miguel Ferrer and Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. So and, that's and I believe. Oh, and um, um, the the girl from who owns the diner, the woman. She. Is, oh she yeah, yeah, away. yeah. Norma. Norma. Uh, man. I yeah. Didn't. Why am I blanking on her name? Also, uh, 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 Michael Anderson, the our, our beloved arm, which I can't wait to hear what you think of that recasting. Uh, anyway, Lucy <laughs> Brennan sits at her desk at the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department, and a man in a suit comes, wishing to speak to Sheriff Truman. Lucy asks whether he wants to speak about insurance with the Sheriff Truman, who is sick, or with the Sheriff Truman, who is fishing. He admits he doesn't know. He gives her his card and leaves. Uh, Agent Cooper's doppelganger walks to a house where he incapacitates a guard. This fucking, I love this, uh, by the way, drive-in, listen to this like slowed down song in the woods with the headlights. Oh, dude, it, it's, it's amazing. It's fucking great. It's one of my favorite moments. Is in that show. a David it's Lynch so song? No, that is, uh, that's like an upbeat, I think I remember listening to the regular version of that song, and it's kind of like an upbeat, like, female singer, uh, kind of, it's almost kind of like poppy, but David Lynch just slowed the hell out of it, and it just sounds like, just demonic. It's so good. It's so great, dude. I I rewatched that scene a couple times, just because I thought it was so well done. Like, it's almost cheesy, you know, like like the way he like just like walks like a badass and like knocks the guy out with the gun. It like it's almost uh, it rides the line of being a little like cheese ball, but I think yeah. they I think they nail it though. Like it just like y- you want you kind of want him to be that cool. <laughs> yeah, he is he's badass, but he's also like terrifying. Dude. Yeah. Fucking uh Kyle McLaughlin as a villain is like mm-hmm. I you know I'm surprised he pulls it off like so well. It's, it's I know. really it's really something. He's rocking a bit of an Anton Sugar haircut too. Yeah, like a bit of yeah. a goofy long hair for Evil Cooper, which is I'm I'm all about it. I was all about like rolling in in a Mercedes, knocking <laughs> the guy out with a gun twice. The second time it was an imp- was impressive because he <laughs> the, he goes to hit him with the butt of his gun and and Kyle McLaughlin just barely moves his arm at all and and deflects making the uh, barrel of the gun knock out the guy again. It's so it's it's pretty well done, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like the direction of everything is just like is so clearly coming from a master, a craftsman, you know, like, Oh yeah. Um, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think, yeah, I think we, I think we lost, uh, signals there for a second. Um, yeah. So boy, 
Beulah enters, uh, and the doppelganger asks, "Let's call." I'm going to call him Bad Cooper. Uh, Bad Cooper asks her for Ray and Daria. Uh, she calls them out, and they leave with the doppelganger with uh, Bad Cooper. Uh, okay, so Sam changes another camera uh, and has brought another delivery from Tracy. They find out the guard's not there. Uh, he admits he. They go into the room. He admits they. He doesn't know who owns the building and says that his job is to watch the glass box for something to appear inside. After sitting down to watch the box, they start making out and having sex. Uh, a ghostly figure in the box appears, uh, and the figure breaks out and just slaughters them <laughs> yeah and in, in a display crazy. that i would say it was like a fucking brutal like it's yes. like it, it shocked me <laughs> it's also like so terrifying because i i don't really like understand it like you don't really know what it is or how it how it's happening or why it's happening right it's it's really it's bizarre and there's kind of this like scissor snipping sound when it's when they're and there's blood flying around it's it's crazy yeah uh so in an apartment complex in buckhorn south dakota marjorie green goes down the hallway with her dog armstrong who notices a smell coming from the apartment of ruth davenport uh marjorie calls the cops uh officers olsen and douglas arrive uh they basically go through this whole comedy routine (laughs) and uh eventually call a locksmith and soon uh she soon leads them on a search for the building's maintenance man uh eventually she mentions that she has a key and uh they go into the apartment find a dead body in the bedroom so uh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh hank uh questions harvey uh believing he sent the police to him and they discuss a deal they made until Harvey hangs up. Uh, Wait, who's no. Hank? Find Hank outside the complex. So this isn't this. Hank is the guy, the maintenance guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Is yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. the same Hank though? No, this is not Hank Jennings. This is a different Hank. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> he calls him on like a very large cell phone by the way <laughs> okay very large uh constance talbot investigates the crime scene as a pictures as pictures are taken detective dave mackley arrives and they pull the sheets off the body uh which uh, instead is a male body that does not belong to the head yeah um, which is pretty pretty fucked up also jane adams i'm gonna call out as being our you know my next big cameo a uh, big fan of Jane Adams and her career. Uh, she's she. It was it was cool to see her in this. Yeah, refresh my memory. What would I know Jane Adams from? Because I do recognize her face. She was uh, in a show called Hung, uh, but she was also in a in a film I like a lot called Happiness, the Todd Salons film Happiness. Oh, I think I see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she's also in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I mean, she plays like a bit part in a lot of different good good movies of a certain era, and it's cool to see her working. I mean, she's she's great. Um, a fragile uh, Margaret Lanterman calls the sheriff's department for a deputy hawk. Uh, she tells him that her log has a message for him. Something is missing, and you have to find it. And that his uh, this relates to Agent Cooper. She says that the way he will find it 
has something to do with Hawk's heritage. Uh, here's, oh man, I got to find this quote. It's, uh, if I ever go missing, I want you. Okay, so, ah, uh, fuck. I'm not going to find it. But uh, there's, in the original run, there is a quote that something along the lines where Cooper says, uh, Cooper says something along the lines of, uh, of like Hawk, if I ever go missing, I hope you're the one that looks for me or something. something oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a very like obscure line that it is like it's pretty pretty cool that they. I don't know. That's great. Little, That's badass. <laughs> uh, Talbot analyzes uh, fingerprints found at the crime scene. Upon finding a match, she calls in Detective Mackley. Uh, she confirms to him that the head belongs to Ruth Davenport, but there is no match on the body, which belongs to a male. She also says that the fingerprints found on the scene belong to Bill Hastings, the star of SLC Punk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the principal at the high school. Great cameo. Like, I. Oh, yeah. you know, you didn't know you wanted to see somebody, and then, yes. and then you do. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Yeah. I love seeing like, just like... Uh, just sort of like a normal adult uh, <laughs> version of uh, yeah, because uh, he's a good actor, him. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard, yeah, yeah, he's, a, yeah, he's, he's great. He's, he's actually really good. really good in this. Like I like his interrogation oh, yeah. scene coming up is fucking awesome. <laughs> like he's good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Mackley goes to Hastings' home where he arrests Bill. Uh, Hawk brings files to the conference room. Andy and Lucy enter, and Hawk explains to them about what the log lady told him. Uh, um, Mackley interrogates Bill with Detective Don Harris and Police Chief Mike Boyd, observing. Uh, Hastings says that he did not really know Ruth Davenport, who was the librarian at the school, and he said last he saw her a couple months ago. Uh, Hastings' story lines up until there is a 45 to 50 minute gap in his activities. He hesitates, uh, says that he had taken his assistant home, and uh, he nervously requests to speak to a lawyer before Mackley reveals to him that Ruth Davenport had been murdered and Hastings' fingerprints were found in the apartment. Uh, Hastings is then escorted out to call uh, to a cell, and he has to speak with his wife, Phyllis. So, yeah, great. Just top-notch performance good stuff yeah good good stuff there also you know uh, we're not sure what's going to happen and i'm definitely not sure what's going to happen but but certainly getting a little bit of bob vibes you know like um just that Mm. idea of you know kind of being cornered in in an interrogation room not unlike ray weiss at one point or the one-armed man like just like uh you know, sort of that when you're starting to fall apart or your story's starting to fall apart. And we'll find out a little bit why later, but Lillard is a great... Uh, his his facial expressions definitely make you ponder if something more is going on here, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mackley and Harrison go to the Hastings home with a group of police officers with a warrant to search Bill's home and car. And start inside the car, they find a piece of flesh. Uh, Gross. Kind of reminds me of Blue Velvet a little bit. Yeah, I I was thinking that. Uh, The man resembling the giant watches the phonograph. (laughs) And that's the end end of uh, episode two, or episode one, sorry. Right. Part one. 
Uh, what do you, you know, while we're here, what do you think about talking about part two? <laughs> yeah, we might as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we both watched it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Bill Hastings sits in his cell nervously. Uh, Phyllis arrives. Uh, she passes along word from George Bowser, Bowser that Bill will not be released on bail, and he insists that he did not commit the murder of Ruth Davenport, but he had, dr- had dreamt that he was there. Here's the thing. If I was in his situation, mm-hmm. and this was true... I don't know that I'd mention the dream. <laughs> no, no. In fact, I, in fact, in the interrogation room, this is just the, I, this is just good advice for anybody out there who ever finds themselves in Bill Hastings' situation. <laughs> Tell the police officer right away that you're having an affair with your on your wife with this <laughs> yeah. woman, and like that's why your fingerprints are there. Like immediately <laughs> give yourself up. Like just say this is what's going on. I'm a, I'm sorry. I've been been bad, but I definitely didn't kill this person. <laughs> it gives you an al. It gives you a reason why your fingerprints are there, and then you don't need to like have figure out a fucking alibi for the person's murder necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phyllis insists that he was there and reveals that she knows he had been having an affair with Ruth. Ruth. Uh, he counters that he is aware of her having an affair with George and possibly someone else. She taunts him, and Detective Mackley uh, comes to dismiss Phyllis. She starts to leave the station and tells George and Bill that Bill is aware of their affair, and she leaves alone, requesting George to meet with her later. Uh, as Bill sits in his cell, a dark figure sits in another and disappears, leaving his head faintly floating away. Yeah, th- this ha- God, this reminded me of the uh, the man around the corner in Mulholland Drive a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like a like just it. like a dark figure that you can only see the whites of his eyes. Very scary wow. looking and uh disappears quickly thereafter. Yes. I love the effect of him disappearing too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Very smoke cool. and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. he just kind of floats up. <laughs> uh Phyllis returns home where Cooper's do- uh bad Cooper stands in her living room. Uh, he comments that she followed human nature perfectly and murders her with George's gun, which he drops just before he leaves. Right. Yeah. Bye, uh, bye, Karen. <laughs> yeah. Phyllis. Right. But she, you know, she's a Karen. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who else? You know, who else in Twin Peaks would be a Karen? Do you think? Uh, I think um, probably. Uh, who else have we seen? I think Norma's mom. You remember Norma's, Norma's mom? mom is a Karen. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Also, uh, Catherine Martell. Is that um, the is she, the one? The, she was having an affair with yes. an affair with Ben Horn. Ben Horn, mm-hmm. definitely yeah. a Karen. One of the <laughs> one of the worst Karens because she oh, mainly because she thinks she could put do Asian face. Yeah, yeah. she thinks that's okay. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, so we're in Las Vegas, you know, you know, it's Twin Peaks. So of course we're in Las Vegas and, right. uh, Duncan Todd, all right. The great Patrick Fischler, such a great actor. Also, he's, he's in that famous Mulholland drive scene. Oh yeah. With the guy around the corner. One of my favorites. He plays, he's incredible. Uh, have you watched Mad Men, Eric? I have not. 
Oh, man. So he plays this old-timey comedian from the early 70s in it. It's just great. He's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Las Vegas, uh, Duncan Todd calls Roger into his office and hands him money. Uh, he tells him to tell her that she has the job. Uh, Roger asks him why Todd lets him make him do these things. Todd then warns Roger to never get involved with people like him. Roger then leaves. So a lot of talking about people we <laughs> aren't exactly sure yeah. who they are. Like some setup here that we're going to hang out with these characters a lot later, but not, not no real information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cooper's doppelganger eats creamed corn in a restaurant with uh, Jack, Ray, and Daria. Uh, they discuss the doppelganger's alleged worry about the following day and information that the doppelganger wants, uh, which Ray promises to get from Hastings' secretary. Uh, any thoughts on Ray and Daria? No, not at not really. Not not a not was was unclear that if I should be even paying attention to them, you know how some characters in twin peaks might just kind of come and go <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's, I wasn't sure if I needed to be really paying attention. Cause I, I think, you know, there are a lot of characters that we've been introduced to thus far. And some of them look very similarly, especially some of the dirty looking white, white guys you know the the country bumpkin looking yeah, guys yeah like we we had like otis and there's like four guys in that log cabin that we met who i'm not sure if they're important and ray is one of them and so i'm guessing i'm like okay like at this point i'm starting to figure okay maybe i should understand what what the purpose of all these people are because it, it was still kind of unclear right like they're they're supposed to do a job i guess but we don't know what yeah. it is Yes. Um, so, Hawk, we are, we're at Hawk. He's searching the woods, uh, and the log lady uh, calls him and, and says, the stars turn red and a time presents itself and offer for him to stop uh, by for pie and coffee. Uh, he soon arrives at Glastonbury Grove where red drapes faintly appear and disappear. Uh, this is one of, the, one of the scenes that you see in the, in the behind the scenes where you get to see uh, uh, David Lynch. It's one of my favorite moments of it, of that so far is David Lynch is like telling Hawk what to do with the flashlight, and he's like, every once in a while, just pop it at the lens. Pop it right at the lens. It blows everything out. It's so beautiful. <laughs> he, always, he, he, he uses the word so beautiful all the time when he's like describing stuff. He's That's like, it's going to look so beautiful. I love it. it it's... <laughs> it's uh, it's great. He he's like he knows exactly what he's fucking doing. He's the man's the man's a master at this point. Which I gotta say is such a weird feeling coming off of Inland Empire. And I get that this is like yeah. over a decade later when this is being made. But the last thing we watched of David Lynch is that he directs is like kind of the shittiest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. then it's like then it's like this where I'm like, this might be the most pretty thing I've ever seen. It's like such a oh, weird yeah. dichotomy, but yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the red room, Cooper sits and Mike asks him if it's future or past, uh, then tells him someone is there. Uh, Laura comes in and speaks to Cooper, telling him he can go out now. Yeah, cool uh, seeing her. Yeah, yeah. She's looking good, too. 
Cooper, uh, McLaughlin, and Shirley are both looking pretty good. Yeah, looking pretty good. They even get to smooch in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, she asks if he recognizes her, and when he asks if she is Laura Palmer, she uh, gives the same answer she gave him in the dream he had many years before. I feel like I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he asks who she is, she confirms that she indeed uh, is Laura Palmer and that she is both dead and alive at the same time. Uh, she then, you know, removes her face. Right. Uh, revealing an intense light uh, light behind it. Naturally. Then puts it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks her when he can leave, and she walks over to him and kisses him before whispering in his ear, just like in his dream 25 years prior. Suddenly she screams and a force pulls her up. The red drapes blow back and reveal a pale horse in darkness. Uh, Mike appears to Cooper again and again asks him if it's future or past, then leads him out of the room. He shows him to the arm. So what do you think? What do you think of our new Michael Anderson? (laughs) So who is Michael Anderson? Who is that? He was the man from another place. He's the little, the little, uh, little buddy dancing around in the red room. That's him now? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I, you know, cool, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Michael Anderson's still alive. No, he. I, I just looked him up. He passed away, I believe. Right? No, Anderson. he's still alive, I think. He, yeah, it says on his Wikipedia he was born in 1953. He isn't even that old. He's only 66. Oh. Wait. Oh, I must have looked up a wrong Michael Anderson. I wonder why he's not in this then. Yeah, I have no idea. That's that is really interesting though that he's like Does, just it, on his Wikipedia it says years active and it says 1983 to 2016. So I wonder if he just retired or something. That could be and that this is like you know Yeah. Well, hold, wait a minute. His character instead Oh, th- this is interesting. Okay, so Anderson portrayed the man of a, of an average height in Mulholland Drive. Okay, so he was he was asked to replay to reprise his role in the third season, but declined. His character instead okay. appears as a tree-like computer-generated effect, and his voice <laughs> is uh, by an uncredited actor. When asked who provided the voice for the CGI character, executive producer Sabrina Sutherland replied, "Unfortunately, I think this question should remain a mystery and not be answered." Oh, that's interesting. That is super weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. He show. Yeah. So. So we see the arm, which has evolved into an electric tree with fleshy mass on at the top of it. Uh. The arm asks Cooper if he remembers his doppelganger and explains that he must be returned in order for Cooper to be allowed to leave. Um. I do like that we actually get this like setup here. Like it, you, you kind of you can follow. It, you understand what's going on, right? Uh, or are you confused? Do you get it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's like basically, it, if and tell me if I'm missing something here. Cooper's just been stuck in the in the Black Lodge for 25 years. He's kind of there, being visited by all of his all these kind of phantoms and whatnot, but. At some point, like it's time for the doppelganger to return and for Cooper to go back out. 
Yeah. Right? So now that it's almost been 25 years, Bad Cooper is going to get sucked back in, but he has a plan, apparently, right. to stay out in the real world. And the only way Good Coop can leave the Black Lodge is if Bad Coop comes in. So Right. Um. G- anyway, Jack closes a garage door where a car used by Co- uh, Bad Coop is parked. He gives Co- Bad Coop keys to a different car, and Bad Coop grabs Jack's face and strokes it. <laughs> very, very bizarre. Uh, Bad Coop then goes to a motel where inside Daria quickly hangs up the phone and tells him she was talking to Jack. He tells her that Ray never showed up to a planned meeting they had, and he borrows Ray's uh, Daria's gun before sitting on the bed with her. Uh, he reveals to her that he killed Jack. Uh, she realizes her cover was blown, tries to get out, but he restrains her uh, and plays a recording of the phone call she just had with Ray, revealing that Jeffries had given them a call to kill a bad coop. She tries to escape again, but he once again restrains her and he confirms to her that he is going to kill her after another futile attempt to escape. He punches her in the face and asks her to reveal to him who hired them. She claims not to know, but that they were to be paid 500 uh, grand. Between the two of them, as a plea for her life, she says she would not have followed through, but he brushes this off. He says... Uh, he was supposed to get pulled back into the Black Lodge the following day, but he has a plan to prevent this. Uh, he asks if Ray got the information from Hastings' secretary and asks if she heard anything about the coordinates. She says she has not, uh, but that the secretary did tell Ray something. The doppelganger pulls an ace card out of his pocket with a strange symbol on it and Mm. says that this is what he wants. Uh, after one more attempt, do you recognize that? By the way, I can't remember if we see that little symbol. No. Yeah. Okay. Not yeah. I mean, maybe, but no. Uh, after one more attempt, attempted escape from Daria, the doppelganger kills her. Uh, he washes his hands, then contacts uh, who he believes is Philip Jeffries, but the voice uh mentions. That he met with Major Garland Briggs and says he has uh, called to say goodbye. The voice then says goodbye. Uh, the voice then says, Bad Coop is going back in tomorrow and he will be with Bob again and uh, disconnects. Bad Coop logs on to an FBI database and downloads files on Yankton Federal Prison, where Ray claims to be. Uh, Bad Coop goes to the motel room next door and meets with Chantal Hutchins, which is... uh, (laughs) Jennifer Jason Lee. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Love it. Asking her to clean up Daria's body and to meet him along with her husband uh, in a few days. Um, Yeah. So the arm says 253 time and time again and repeatedly says Bob's name and to go. Cooper follows Mike out of the room. Mike disappears and he goes down a hallway into another room. Uh, He exits that room to go through another hallway from where he enters a room where Leland Palmer sits and tells him to find Laura. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cooper exits the Black Lodge, or Cooper exits and the lodge begins to distort. Uh, Mike notes that something is wrong and the arm mentions his uh, doppelganger. I love this, by the way. This is one of my favorite moments, too, when... uh, 
when the floor, the zigzags in the floor are like going up and down. Yeah, they start to like feet. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a carnival ride or something. Yeah, it's like a very Evil Dead effect. Right. Um, Cooper goes back to the hallway and pulls back a curtain, seeing a road where his doppelganger is driving. Lodge sh- uh, the lodge shakes as the arms doppelganger replaces the statue and roars at him as the chevron floor shifts. Uh, the arms doppelganger says non-existent, and Cooper is dropped through the floor and is transported to the glass box in New York City. Just before Sam and Tracy are killed, he is then transported back out. <laughs> so right, uh, that happened. Yeah, I, yeah, a lot of crazy imagery you know what i thought was gonna happen was that he was gonna end up having been the creature that killed sam and tracy like because it was all happy you know what i mean like where he was gonna appear as himself in the box but then we were gonna cut to them and they were gonna be making out and then they were gonna be seeing him as this monster and then he you know what i mean Mm. like but instead what happens is he he shows up, disappears, and th- it's moments before they get killed. It's b- they come back inside yeah. to get killed. Yeah. So there's something behind him. There's something following, chasing him, or so- something like that. Must be. Perhaps. Must be. <laughs> uh, now we get you know classic Sarah Palmer, classic Grace Sabritsky here. Lions killing buffalo while mm. drinking Bloody Marys and chain smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's <laughs> not looking good. Sarah no, Palmer. no, she ain't. And she's all alone. You know, her husband killed her daughter, killed and raped her daughter, then was killed by a demon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd be chain smoking too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know. Uh, <laughs> at the Roadhouse, the band uh, Chromatics performs Shadow. Uh, what do you think of this, by the way? this is uh, Had you heard of the Chromatics before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Chromatics. Yeah. They're great. And I thought this was really cool. It, it just reminded me of the old show again. Like, this is sort of like... I'll go ahead. Well, let's finish it out, and, and I'll and I'll give you my thoughts about this last scene because it's intense. <laughs> yeah. So they're playing as Shelly has drinks with her friends. James shows up uh, with uh, Freddie Sykes, who's I guess a, a British fellow, and uh, looking at Shelly's friend Renee from the bar. Uh, also, uh, Shelly mentions uh, they're like, "Oh, James is weird," but Shelly's like, "Nah, James is still cool. James has always been cool." Yes. she explains that he is, uh, which I love. I love that so much. But he al- she also explains that he was in some sort of a motorcycle accident and it's quiet now. Um, and then from the bar, Red makes eye contact with Shelly while Jean-Michael Renault serves drinks. Uh, Red is... I don't think we've met him yet, but he is... No, we haven't, but I... I but everyone in the show... Zargetti. Yeah. Everyone we see in the show, though, if we haven't seen him before, I'm convinced that... They're like an older version of somebody we have seen. <laughs> so I'm like, ah. is that Bobby? You know, like I have like no idea. I'm like, it could be. Yeah. They, he could have just like gotten old and weird looking. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but yeah. no, it's not. And and Jean Renault is is that this is that's one of the Renault boys. So that's Jacques' brother. Yes, but cousin. it's not. Yeah, it's not Jacques. It is played by the same guy who played Jacques, though I believe. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I so the James thing is particularly funny too because. Like him always being quote unquote cool is definitely what the show thinks of James, but also could be a meta comment on how lame the world thinks James is, you know? Yeah. Like we're all over here going like James is the worst character. Like he's so, he's, he's just like such a, a putz, but, uh, the show's like, he's so badass, <laughs> And you're like, Okay, show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. James <laughs> yeah. James has always been cool, I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so this stuff, I was going to say, this was the stuff that I think that the show had been missing for the first two episodes. Like, we, yeah. we tonally, the show is completely different than the original series so far. Like, it is, it is now much more of a David Lynch film than the show was, which the show always straddled the line of like David Lynch type, you know, antics, but like goofy, almost sitcom like humor. It was always like tonally very, um, very bizarre, but also very funny and very quirky and very charming. And, uh, you know, it's like scenes like this in the bar that reminded me about the old Twin Peaks show. I'm like, oh, not only are there all my characters, but these are the goofy characters. These are the ones that made the show feel goofy, <laughs> like James and Shelly, you know, the, the young, the kids in the show. Um, so I was like that it was a welcome kind of change of pace to see some, some old timers show up again because these scenes, like for example, the scene with Jennifer Jason Lee and bad Cooper or the scene, uh, with Patrick, uh, Fischler in Vegas, like those are all very cool and stylish and, and definitely David Lynchy and definitely I think fit into this world. But, you know, I mean, tell me if you, if you agree, like, that the show is definitely tonally like much darker than the original. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Like we haven't gotten one Andy getting hit in the head yet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 We don't even get a lot of the original music, which I think the music was a lot of, it was a big part. Oh yeah. Like sort of like the shuffling around the, yeah that's yeah exactly yeah yeah so i mean i'm excited i'm I'm very excited to get into the uh parts three and four for next week but just the the whole series in general i'm excited to see where it goes and like sort of you know is it gonna play with tone at all are we gonna get some more quiet quirky moments you know i think right now it kind of feels like everything is dark and grim and gritty and there's a lot of violence and a lot of murder and you know i'm 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 excited to see where it goes and i think right now we're set up we're it the setup feels like pretty much already there you know there's some characters that we haven't seen yet but the setup has is already like it's, it's already it's already set up something so fun that I can't wait to follow. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good like premise. Like it's good. Uh, yeah, it's a, I like the way they they set it up ni- nice and clean right away. You know, got to get 
Cooper's we got we got to get Bad Coop back into that lodge. Uh you know, and and how these all these other like random people tie into it, we'll we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you enjoyed these first two episodes because. Uh, yeah, I think. I guess I don't want to give anything any anything away, but uh, you know, uh, you can expect to see some old friends as well as meet plenty of new people. <laughs> I think, uh, which is sort of the the Twin Peaks. Uh, the way things go over there on that show. But, right. uh, yeah. So next week we will be discussing parts three and four. Um, and we're going to keep going, uh, doing that weekly two 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 episodes, uh, a week. And Jeremy, anything you want to say before we, uh, before we sign off here? I guess just, you know, Give that Patreon a shot if you haven't already. It's it's a fun time over there. I'm very very excited for what we have on the horizon, and you know, 2020 is about at the halfway point right now. I have lots more planned for the rest of the year uh, in that in that Patreon, and I'm proud of the work we do over there. So you know, give it a shot. Maybe try it out for a month. If you don't like it, you can always cancel. You know. Yeah, yeah. The cool thing now is since we've been doing it for almost a year is. You can sign up for five bucks, get the bonus episodes, and you automatically get all the old ones. So you can go back and listen to them, and uh, you know if you don't like them, still, you can just stop uh, subscribing, I guess. But yeah. you shouldn't. Do, you should keep subscribing. And, that would be, and that if would be you cool, do quit but. subscribing and you do send us an email letting us know, me and Eric will go fuck ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the way, thank you to the dozens of people who have already done that uh, <laughs> without us even asking. <laughs> uh, especially uh, David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. David Lynch being the pr- premier uh, person started the trend. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, I guess we'll catch you on the flip side. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Thank you.